Hey, this is John Sarakis, president of Boyova. If you're wanting to learn how to embrace change and navigate through disruption as a leader, then listen to the Leadership is Changing podcast with my good friend, Dennis Giannoutsos. Welcome to Leadership is Changing. Each week, we and our guests provide information and insights through exploring leading change. This is taking your leadership to another level by finding the balance between executive excellence and personal well-being through stories that inspire real change. It's time to adapt in our fast-moving world when leadership is changing with your host, Dennis Giannoutsos. Hey, welcome to the show, Leadership is Changing. What we as leaders know to be true is that change is constant. Leaders everywhere confront similar obstacles because people are people, but everywhere you go, leaders are overwhelmed, disrupted, and under pressure. They run from email to email, meeting to meeting. Many leaders are not changing quick enough, which means they run the risk of becoming irrelevant and being left behind. Perhaps the show is taking our listeners' leadership to another level by finding their balance between executive excellence and personal well-being through stories that inspire real change. I believe we don't have enough effective leaders in the world today, and if we can get the leaders to step up and lead change, then they can inspire real change. Hey, listeners, it's now time to adapt in our fast-moving world. Hey, listeners, welcome to today's episode. Great to have you here with us. Uh, we have a wonderful guest with us today. His name is John Churakis, and uh, he is a serial entrepreneur, seasoned leader, and strategist. As a sales and marketing expert, he is a, he is constantly studying brand identity, business communications, buyer behavior, sales conversions, marketing systems, product service design, and all things digital. He has created two companies that have averaged 4x uh, return on investment for businesses with branding and marketing models. In 2019, he merged his agency and became co-owner of Oyava. I'm going to get him to tell us the name very soon as president and chief revenue officer, where he is responsible for the sales and growth of the company. John, a big warm welcome to you. Thank you so much, Dennis. Pleasure to be here, man. Cool. What's the name of the uh, actual organization that you're co-owner of? Oyova. Oyova. So, yeah. Okay, good. That's good. Very good. And what do they do? Uh, we're a digital marketing agency and web web and software development company. Mm. So, yeah, help companies grow, scale, and then build systems to affect top line and, and bottom line revenue through efficiencies. Oh, awesome. Now, one thing I always ask my guests is, whereabouts in the world are you today? I'm in sunny St. Petersburg, Florida. Oh, very cool. Oh, nice. Is it sunny? <laughs> Actually, it is. Yeah, it, uh, it rained a little bit this morning, but I went out for lunch, and yeah, it was quite sunny. Yeah, yeah good. Yeah, because we're coming out of summer here in this part of the world, and then uh, you're, of course, into spring, and then things are changing. But, you know, most parts of the world, they're in spring, but it's still snowing, or the snow's just starting. It's like, what the heck's going on here? A little bit confusing uh, for a lot of people. Hey, um, uh, so we've given a little bit of a background to the listeners about you. Is there anything else you want to share about your background? Um. No, I guess, uh, yeah, I mean, I grew up, uh, you know, a home builder and carpenter's son. So the way that I look at things is through like building a really strong foundation and, uh, you know, all the pillars for for integrity. So it's, you know, being on a construction site from the age of like six years old until like 18 or 19, that, that's a lens that I think is, uh, you know, uh, it served me a lot of value throughout my life. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, being a leader and today, you know, um, building a foundation, how is important what do you think? Is it important for a leader to build a foundation as a leader uh, for them to be effective? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's really important to let everybody know where they're at and, and, and where you're at. So 
that's what I think is a really good foundation. And I, I call it in getting in rhythm with people or whatnot, but limbo as a contest is designed to be uncomfortable. And when people feel that they're in limbo, that's you're letting people suffer around you. Yeah. So I think it's really important to just have a rock solid foundation through trust and, and being genuine with those around you. So they understand all right, who you are, what you're doing. And um, there's a, there's a level, you know, setting of expectation. So they know uh, where they're at with you. Yeah, cool. A, a little bird has told me that you're not conventional. Is that correct? <laughs> no, I would not say that I'm very conventional now. No, yeah. No. There's always a better way? There always is a better way. Yeah. And I, and I got that. I remember just I was very challenging when I was a child and people would say, this is the way that we would do it. Or you're always trying to find the easy way. And then you would shame yourself and then you get older and you're like, well, yeah, that was the right way to do it. Yeah. I've been, you know, you're fighting it all along, right? Just your instincts. So yep. there's always a better way. And and I think all successful companies, uh, the greatest companies have a board, right? So I think that type of dialogue with your company, whether you can have a board or not, or, or mentors or coaches is, is really important because you can remove the emotion from a situation and get that other perspective because you're typically too close to it. So I always challenge uh, the people that I work with in my teams, like, okay, is there a better way that we can be doing this? Okay. Mm. If not, all right, let's just continue what, doing what we're doing. Mm. And I think it's really important, you know, that we are, as leaders, thinking about that. And if we can do it a better way, um, there are dangerous words out there that I keep talking about all the time. And that is, but we've always done it this way. And I'm like, right. yeah, that's dangerous. You know, can we, let's think a little bit differently. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Hey, John, how did, how did you get into leadership? And I think, well, so the quick story is I was, uh, I worked for my father and he, he fired me in front of a group of people. I was going to college with this guy at the time. He gave me a job and I was thrust into, thrown to the wolves um, to head up a, a lot of their sales uh, and their marketing at a really young age. And it was sink or swim. So at that point, just had to move forward and do the best I could. And I think a lot of it came organically through trial and error. But then um, along the way, I really it's something I really began to study, looking at courses and, of course, you know, reading books and then emulating specific people and saying, OK, this is what's working for them. That's what I want to go ahead and take my buffet and not even so much even putting the words leadership on it, but just how can I guide these people, get what I want and in return, give them what they want. And at the end of the day, will they follow me? And that's essentially kind of the beginning of it. Yeah, I think it's a good way to look at it. If you could look at what others are doing really well and sort of to adopt some of that. But then also I think the other side is what they're not doing well or you see a leader that's not that great and you go, okay, that's the kind of person I don't want to be like. So that's even a, <laughs> that's, that's quite good too, right? Yeah, oh, yeah, for sure. I Yeah, just some leaders, uh, you know, I had an, an old boss and uh, yeah, the guy was like wildly unorganized and just like would – never show up on time and he would uh he would be late for things and that just irritated me to the core and it's something that i i try to endeavor to do always be on time communicate when you're not going to be on time and make sure you always show up you know you have people that are habitual uh plan cancelers to me that is one of the the worst traits and the worst signs it's just yeah you you have no decisiveness and it's just a really bad signal to those around yeah it also shows me that you don't actually have any very good discipline um yeah, yeah, yeah great point. absolutely. Yeah. Now, here's a question for you. Now, this person could be alive or from history. Who's your favorite leader and why? I say that, uh, my favorite leader that's alive right now would be Toto Wolf, the uh, the the chief or general manager of uh, the Mercedes Formula One team. That guy is just super impressive. Mm. Yeah, just just incredible what he's been been able to do. 
Um, and then, I mean, there's so many that, that have passed on and I don't even know if they were even like really great leaders, some of them, but just, you know, people that you try to just emulate, um, as far as like a, a communication person, I was always amazed by, uh, how prodigious, uh, Ben Franklin was. So, so that's probably, uh, you know, if I had to look at a, a dead leader, somebody that I would try to emulate. Um, obviously you haven't met Ben Franklin. Um, also have you met the the Mercedes formula one guy? No, I have not. No, so no, that guy is incredible. If you were to meet one of them and be on a park bench somewhere having a coffee with them, what would what would be one question you would ask them? Um, hmm. I think what motivates them, hmm. like right. So yeah, just based on how much they're 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 trying to achieve, and then I think the other is what is their relationship with control? Because I've noticed the most successful people, there's this ability to let go of control and, and just really trust the team around them to get these things done. And to me, that is just, it's, it's amazing. Not that I'm a control freak or anything, but we, our anxieties go up the further we are from an outcome if we genuinely care. So that's something that I believe they have, you know, they're, they're a bit stronger at that uh, or quite, quite stronger <laughs> at that than I am. So in other words, they've got control of themselves to be able to handle control. Right. Yeah. So the further you are from the, the end delivery of something, um, you're trusting all these systems and processes and people to not be complacent and get that done at equal the standard that you set or higher. And, you know, uh, between my companies, you know, there's you know roughly uh, like 60 people. So it's not that much. And some of these others, just the racing team, I believe there's, you know, a few hundred people, which is amazing winning. Like, I think it's like eight championships now, which I, I find remarkable. Um, or even take, you know, a company like uh, like Apple. I, I would have probably said Steve Jobs is my hero until I read the biography on him. And I was like, wow, I don't want to be anything like that guy. Um, but, uh, yeah, that, that to me is just remarkable how you just build this thing with a really solid foundation. Granted, some of my words, but uh, you continually go up and you're just so far away from what's actually being built and delivered. Yeah, and I, and I think the, the big thing here that I'm, I'm hearing what you say, it's around processes, systems, things like that, because any high-performing team, high-performing organization, uh, high-performing individual, whether they're an athlete or corporate world, entrepreneur, it always comes down. There's this one trait that I keep saying, well, there's a few traits. One is, of course, attitude and so forth. But one trait that I see outside of resilience or grit it comes down to processes and systems they have in place because they can do rinse and repeat, but they 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 know what works, they know what's really good, but they're more efficient than other people, and uh, I see that trait everywhere coming through from process around processes and systems. Is that something that even a leader who runs a small team or a leader that runs a larger team? Because a lot of them are going, well, I'm a leader. I'm not an entrepreneur. I don't own the business and all things like that. Do they? Do you think that they should actually still have processes and systems for them around their leadership and the way that they run teams and things like that? For sure. And it's, it's, there's always a process, whether you know there's a process or not. There's there's a process taking place. So it behooves you to define that process and optimize it to the best of your abilities, especially if you want to be better. And if you're not waking up to be better than you were the day before, I don't know what to tell you, right? You probably should. You're probably not listening to this podcast. So I, uh, yeah, I, I, I think that is inherently important for everybody. And I think some cultures embrace that more than, than others. And I would say that those are just more successful individuals. I mean, even take parenting, right? The, the parents that are teaching your kid, all right, clean your room, make your bed, do those things. So these little processes, these little habits that are going to serve you better in life. 
So yeah, I, I agree. Leaders should be looking at whether it's them calendaring, which I think is a leadership skill when somebody's not making sure that they block off their, their, their time effectively or giving someone their undivided attention um, or even uh, the way that they go about their work. Uh, I think those are those are inherent things that every leader should should do for sure. Yeah. Okay, cool. Now the show's called Leadership is Changing. When I say that title of the show or that statement, what does that mean for you? I mean, in the most simple terms, that leadership is changing. <laughs> yep. I mean, I could try to change the words around, but um, yeah, I, and I think it's just maybe the evolution, right? So um, the evolution of uh, of leadership, yeah. I don't know how much more I can add to that, Dennis. Yeah, No, just that some people think, oh, is it? No, it's not. And then others are saying, yeah, it needs to. Um, and so it's quite interesting just to get different you know, people that I interview, their perspective on it and where they see things going around leadership and that whether it is changing or not. And, um, yeah. Yeah, I agree it is. Mm. Yeah. And, and, I, and I think so if I was just to look at just even like, you know, in the last like, you know, 30-something years since, since I've been alive or, or cognizant of what's going on, there was more uh, authoritarian leadership, right? So there was more somebody talking at you and mm. you had to do this thing. And if you didn't do this thing, you were going to be shamed and you don't want that scenario, right? Or punished in some other way or some form. I, I, I believe which changing now, and I think it's for the better, is it's more, uh, it's, it's, it's more genuine being with somebody saying, hey, we're going to align what it is that you want with what it is that I want. And it's going to be mutual based on these, these outcomes. Not, it doesn't necessarily have to be entirely equitable, but it's going to be substantially closer than, than it was before. So I think there's more of, I dare use the word like shared vulnerability, but I think there's just more of a connection between, um, you know, the, the person that's leading and the person that is following um, than it was before. There you go. You see? Can you? <laughs> <laughs> Didn't understand the question. Forgive me. I was educated in Florida. Oh, so. what does that mean? Uh, that there, there it is. I mean, those in the in the US who are listening to this, they'll understand that. They'll probably go, oh, yeah, <laughs> there it is. Uh, yeah, it's all good. Hey, um, you and I are living in a very fast-paced, changing world, whether it be data, social, technology, business. It's just getting faster and faster all the time. What do you reckon makes a leader successful in today's fast-paced, ever-changing world? Understanding that information is volume. So not to be emotionally triggered by everything that, that's around them and also being selective, right? Whether it's what they consume, uh, whether they consume based on media or whether they consume um, insofar as, uh, you know, whether it's drinking or, or eating. And what I mean by that is there is so much going on that you have to prioritize and select what it is that not only that you're going to do, but what you're also going to accept for information. You hear stories about people that are just nailed with a ton of lawsuits at some time, whether it's something they did or that they didn't do, and their ability to just get through those types of situations. Um, so that's where, yeah, looking at information like volume and compartmentalizing based, knowing what to turn down and turn up so you can actually get the things done that you need to get yeah, done. Yeah, we, we tend to see a lot of people sort of believing what they are reading or seeing all the time and probably not being selective. Um, yeah, and how's that having an effect in, in your part of the world with people today? How, how's it affecting them? Oh, it's entirely emotional. I mean, it's to, to, to think that another foreign power could not come in and just put something on our airwaves to dictate the way that people think would be super naive to just control a populace. So I think, yeah, leaders need to be really, you know, you are what you eat. That saying is you are what it is that you see and you hear. So you just have to be really selective on um, what it is that you're consuming. And it's not being deaf. It's just being 
being a leader, right? Just doing the best you can for, for those around you and, and filtering. Because if you're not, all you're doing yourself is a disservice, right? Somebody that's struggling with depression, should they be drinking all the time? No, because alcohol is a depressant. I mean, come on. It's just these basic common sense type of things. Mm-hmm. If you want to lose weight, eat healthy. Um, try to move as, as, as much as possible. If you want to be in a better mood, how about you listen to happier music? How about you watch happier shows? How about you stop consuming as much media? There's these really basic fundamental things that I think leaders um, or just people can do a better job at, at as being a leader, right? Because if you show up with enthusiasm and your attitude and you're able to just energize those that are around you, what can be accomplished and get done can far surpass somebody that's not paying attention to those things. Yeah, amazing, amazing. And and I think the energy, I always talk about it, John, whereby I say to people, nobody wants to work for a knuckle dragger. And what do I mean by that? Somebody's shoulders are drooped, they're hanging there, and they're just walking around and everything's negative and that, and they're just dragging their knuckles along the ground. People want to work for somebody with energy. Somebody wants, they want with a great attitude. No one wants to work for somebody who's not winning. And I don't mean you have to be out there winning everything, but you have to have a great attitude. And if you're going to lead people, then do that. If you don't want to do that and you haven't got a great attitude, like John said, maybe not get up in the morning, stay in bed and keep sleeping. I don't know. It's just a little bit different to the way we are. And and I think the energy is so important for people. I completely agree. Yeah. Yeah, and um, the other thing I see as well, John, is based on what you're just saying there, is that a lot of leaders, very good leaders, shelter people from things. In other words, I'm not saying they keep things away from them. They're still being transparent, but there is so much noise out there that they go, there are certain things that we need to focus on. And the really good leaders will get people to focus on those things and try and keep the noise out, out of what's going on. However, I think there are some leaders who try and keep things too controlled. And that's where people start to get upset. And that's looking at a good segue into my next question here, which is you and I have been talking about leaders through the lens of, of a leader. Let's flip that around now and start talking about employees because I'm sure you've got employees. Uh, I've been an employee. You've been an employee. You were an employee. You got sacked by your father. Um, it's, all that kind of stuff's happened over the past, right? We've all had those kind of experiences. Uh, employees' expectations of leaders, how has that changed of late? I think they – they demand honesty more than ever. They are not going to accept anything less than is like complete authenticity. People are sick and tired of the BS stories. They're um, they're 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 not in the mood of being strung along in any way. Um, so yeah, they they demand. Uh, I think they demand more from from their leaders, more example setting, right and. Um, and you can't really hide as much as I think you could anymore because there's just to just try, I guess, the harder thing on on people and leaders today and maybe even so much employees is before you could really go and reinvent yourself. You could, you know, make a muck up in some other town and then drive, you know, 100 miles away. It's like, all right, it's a whole new you. Now there's more pressure. You, you got to do the best that you can. I'm saying you can't fail, but you have to be really true to your character and values organically, unfortunately, through life, there's people that are going to be upset and take perspectives where you're going to just naturally make, you know, enemies based on them seeing something wrong and not wanting to share with you. So I think it's, it's up to, um, to leaders to do the best that they can to lead with their best foot forward, lead with their values, lead with, with character. Um, so I think that's what em- employees are looking at. They expect substantially more. And on the flip side, um, they, it's deserved because they're humans, right? So some people would try to argue and say that that's entitlement, but I say, hey, those people are trusting you and they're giving they're they're giving their time to work for you. 
Um, so you owe it to them to to be the best that you can be for them. And are you seeing in your part of the world whereby leaders who are not doing that, uh, a lot of employees starting to walk? I think they're starting to walk. You'll see you'll see people kind of vacillate based on something, whether it's politically or whatnot. And I think at the end of the day, they're, they, they could be out of touch, right? Some of these companies get so big and they're so unplugged with the person that's at the little, or even just take the president, right? They, like we have somebody that hasn't even driven themselves around for, you know, a, a number of years making, uh, you know, policies and whatnot that affect the everyday person. It's like, wait, wait a second. It's, it's, it's almost like royalty. They're so far removed from that situation. And I think a lot of that happens with, with companies. And I think at the end of the day, the employees let them know where they stand. Like, yeah, we're, we're not friends. We would, we wouldn't go to the same barbecue, right? We wouldn't play at the same golf course. And I, I think that classism begins to take effect. Now, if the values are pure and true and the person has a model that they can scale up and potentially get to that position, I think those companies are, are in a healthier position. Mm. I see a lot of those, those kind of situations where then there's this arrogance comes into it as well and, and the unrelatable side of things where people just can't relate to that person. Yet again, that leader can't relate to people either, um, right. to, that, to that kind of person as well. When you say unplugged and also when you're talking about that classism, um, do, do, they, do you reckon that a lot of these leaders just go and do it on purpose or are they sort of um, – it just happens over time? I think it happens over time. It's organic. Yeah, I think at the end of the day, people like the sense of community. They want to be able to connect with others. And sure, we've been to places and saying like, okay, I don't fit in there. That doesn't feel uncomfortable. But um, I'd say on the majority, most of – uh, people that manage or run companies don't don't grow that company to create distance between themselves and the people they work with. I think it just happens. They, you know, whether you're an entrepreneur and you started your own company or you just manage others, um, you're you're going to learn these different skill sets. And the other person, if they're specialist and they're whether it's on the factory floor or they're the designer or the, the programmer, you you just begin you know surrounding yourself with different people in a lot of cases, and I think you just go on different pathways. And before you know it, if you're not really good at connecting with others, now you really don't have as much in common with them as as you did, other than of course representing the same company. But yeah. I say that if you have the same values at the end of the day and you're aligned with those, there's there's always a foundation. Yeah, yeah. I actually quite I, I laugh when I say laugh. I mean, I, it's serious stuff, but I laugh because I, in the sense that I listen to people at times, and they have a new leader come on board, and you can see that there's no rapport, or they don't like the way that the person works, and they say this comment, which is from an employee's expectation, it's okay, they'll only be here for eighteen months, and then another leader will come on board, right? But for the team, they are the constant team; they're always the same team, but they just see people coming in and out as leaders, and. Um, it's really interesting to see that whole dynamic happen, uh, which is not always good, but um, hey, it's, yeah. it's interesting. Now, I understand that you're very good at organizing. You have that ability to organize chaos and um, and help people through that. If we get your crystal ball out here and help us understand about the future, because a lot of it is chaotic for, for a lot of us right now, yeah. where do you see leadership being in five years? I think it being just, yeah, I think it's going to come down to just brutal, brutal transparency. I think it's just going to take on a, a more genuineness where people are just move, removing the, the publicist as much as possible and, and, and trying to connect with their, their teams internally. But on the flip side of that, I think externally, people are going to uh, be a little bit more hushed because, uh, unfortunately, I don't think the canceling is going anywhere. 
So I think right now what we're going through is a bit of a shakeup of people figuring out what their voice is and what they should say and what they shouldn't say. Um, but I think maybe at the end of the line that that's just going to create um, more truth, right? And, and people are going to understand, uh, you know, where their leaders stand for the companies that they represent. And do you feel like the leaders are actually saying enough or they need to say more and under- so then we understand what their opinion is and whether they do have one or not around certain topics? You know, I'm conflicted on that. One side says that, yeah, you should take, take, take a stand and this is what you believe in. But at the end of the day, is it just we're going back to the two things you shouldn't talk about with strangers is the politics and religion, right? So it's, it, it's hard to say. I like being real with somebody and just saying, hey, this is what I am and this is what I believe in. But I think we have something working against us, which is the Internet. And somebody's going to capture that, that snippet. And that person's position on that topic is going to change because they're a logical, smart person and it's going to be used against them in in the future. Mm. So I think until we figure out that dynamic, we're always going to struggle with accepting what people say right now and not holding that against them into the future. Yeah, it's interesting how people are are afraid to say things because they think it's going to be held against them or people will go against them. And so... Nothing worse than a leader who doesn't say anything and nothing worse than a leader who doesn't make a decision. And um, But again, be smart about it and also be strategic. And if you're actually connected with people and you understand where things are going, then what you're saying is going to be in line with what's going on and you're not going to go say something that's totally opposite. And I'm not saying that you can't be totally opposite, but I'm saying be mindful of what's going on. I think it's having that emotional intelligence to understand what's what's happening. Absolutely. You've got it right there, being connected with people. I think that's the mm-hmm. most thing. When you're like disconnected and you're out of rhythm, it's, yeah, you're going to say stupid things. You're going to piss everybody off. But when you're you're a part of that collective and you're speaking for your people, I think that's the most harmonious approach. Yeah, cool. Hey, John, thank you for joining us on today's show. If our listeners are wanting to get hold of you, where should they go? Dennis, no, thanks. Um, you and I have similar last names. There's not probably a whole lot of us that have have our names, but uh, my name is John Siracus. So look me up on LinkedIn, J-O-N, last name T is in Thomas, is in Sam, O-U-R-A-K-I-S. And uh, yeah, I'd love to connect with you. I love, uh, I love uh, you know, talks like this or, you know, answering any questions to help somebody on their journey. Awesome. Well, once again, thank you for joining us. We're going to put that uh, details into the show notes, but it's been a real pleasure having you on the show today. So thank you. Dennis, thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. Great questions. Hey, listeners, be connected with your people and listen to what they're saying. Hey, listeners, what we as leaders know to be true is that change is constant. Change is incredibly scary, especially with the unknown and unfamiliar territory. It's time to adapt in our fast-moving world when leadership is changing. Look out for the episodes as they're being released. Download them, have a listen, put a review and a rating. Feel free to share them with your friends, your family, and your network. Hey, if there's any feedback you'd like to give me about the show, or if there's a question you have for the Ask Dennis Freestyle episode, then send me an email, dennis at leadingchangepartners.com. Hey, listeners, it's always a pleasure being with you. Thanks for tuning in. Until next time, bye for now. Thank you for listening to this episode of Leadership is Changing with your host, Dennis Giannoutsas. Each week, we and our guests provide information and insights through exploring leading change, inspiring executives and leaders to adapt and lead a bigger game in a fast-moving world.